everybody, and welcome to the last regular episode of Bloody Good Horror in 2022. We made it through another year. Why? Because that's just what you do as humans. And that is thematic to this movie tonight. So we'll talk about that soon here. But first up, joining me from Manhattan, New York, New York City, please welcome John Schnars to the show. That commercial, it will outlive us all. <laughs> I was just casually, because sometimes I do this, I just will casually watch like block, 30 minute blocks of commercials, old commercials on YouTube. And man, there were some real good salsa bangers on there. That those New York That's City just ones. like nostalgia Spicy porn content to like <laughs> the you know yeah. Cur- vintage commercials are really great to just fully disassociate to if you're ever. I, I know you're not really in need of that, John, but Rachel sees me. So. I mean, what does that say though? I mean, like commercials are the things we're always trying to avoid watching. So, what does it mean when we're like going back and having these like cultural touchstones of commercials? Does well, it, what does it say about the marketing skills that they have? They really get us. I think it says more about humanity. I think it says them back then. I think it says more about humanity. You saw that commercial a hundred thousand. That's true. I mean, that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah. for a long time, my kids, my oldest, called. She didn't know the word commercial, so she called them skip ads because the bug on YouTube says skip ad. <laughs> She goes, oh, it's a skip ad. I was like, yeah, it is. All right. Joining me tonight from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And last up tonight from, uh, what do we call it? The Bay Area. <laughs> right. Yes. Please welcome yes. Rachel to the show. Dig deep for that. All right. Representing the five and dime. There's just the Bay a, Area. <laughs> there's a flaming Tesla flying by her apartment right now, probably. You joke. <laughs> but that is my life. Right? I'm a, I live in a sea of Teslas. Ugh, Although right? now people are in a lot of like moral conflict about mm-hmm. that person. I know. That's a bummer. <laughs> that's a bummer to be that deep in a car that expensive and then feel like you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot less uh, like braggadocious eye contact when you pull up next to one. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like <laughs> jokes on you for having money, <laughs> Rachel. I'm really glad you're here tonight because I was watching this movie Who's and thinking it? like this is exactly the kind of movie that I need Rachel to explain to me. Oh so, God. <laughs> I'm pretty excited for that. I was really counting on you guys. But no, this isn't it. I've watched it a couple of times. Oh, perfect. And, uh, oh, wow. I, do think it's, I do think it's a really interesting movie. It's always we'll rude. Like, you know, when we have zombie girls on, it's always roulette. I don't know who I'm going to get. I just email you and I'm like, so this you is perfect. You got the whammy tonight. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. All right. Let's take a quick break so that we can review Bones and All. This is it, Jennifer. John, do you think they cast Timothy Chalamet in this movie because he is, in fact, mostly Bones? (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised. He you could blow him over with a stiff wind. He's a lanky gentleman. (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah, he's a, he's young, isn't he? I don't. What's, how, I think he's, he's not as young as he looks. No, I, I think he, he might be. I thought he's like twenty five. That's not that young. I don't know, man. How old are we? <laughs> well, we're not young either. Uh, he's twenty six now. Okay. Um, born in New York, New York, New York. Wow. 
He's yeah. so. I think he was British. He feels. <laughs> I thought he was like French or something. I mean, his no, name has a thing. his name has a random unearned like uh what what is that like the line the I'm accent? The, yes, you are the arbiter you. of the accent. <laughs> you will be deciding. <laughs> yes, is it you earned? That is unearned. You don't get that. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh Lord. We'll find out by the end of tonight if I get an accent or not. Let me know if I earn it. <laughs> I'm going to try. Rochelle. Uh, <laughs> My last name is Chateau. I feel like we could slam an accent somewhere in there. <laughs> Why not? John, John, speaking of accent marks, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word is mandicate. Oh. Mm-hmm. M-A-N-D-U-C-A-T-E. Mandicate. Is that what that's it when means, you, you eat a man? It means it means to chew. Oh. Chew. Chew or eat. Uh, they give you the example sentence. She fell upon the wretched vegetable and mandicated it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a haiku. Okay. I like it. Um, yeah, I'd never heard this word before. Uh, there was a suggestion. Rachel Rachel tipped me off. And I the manosphere version of the word (laughs) we're taking it back (laughs) it's It's no longer mysticate it's mandicate the latin mandare mandare means to chew and so through mandare yeah so what's the difference so what's the difference between nothing Oh. Ma- Only soy boys and the... ladies masticate. <laughs> yeah, that was the <laughs> soy boys. <laughs> oh my lord! Yes. All right, John. Uh, John um, bones and all comes from our friend Luca Guadag and Ingenio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who Nailed did? You, you got it. The first time. Too. Who did? And I wish I had looked this up. Okay. Going in, we'll get to my opinion. But go, I can't wait to hear. Going, going into now. the movie, I was like. Kind of, because I knew it was kind of fart housey, I was waiting for this movie to win me over. Afterwards, I looked on IMDb and was like, if I had realized it was from Susperia guy, I, I wouldn't have had to win me over because like the guy's a fucking genius. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, just an interesting tidbit. about that's what I know about the movie that he directed it. So why don't you tell me more <laughs> about Bones and all? I mean, that was basically all I knew about it coming in. Um, I had seen the trailer because we got it in front of I got it in front of the menu. Um you know, but I typically try to like avoid trailers. But when you go back to the theater, you, you kind of, you know, it's what you get. Um, it's it tells the story of Marin, Marin Yearly, who is a I would guess in the movie she's meant to be like 16, 17. Maybe they do. They, I think she might she say says, she's 17 at one she point. She says she's, she's 18. 18. She said she was 18, but oh, 18. 18. Yeah. OK. That's um, so you don't she, feel uncomfortable when they make sweet love. She wanted to tell him. <laughs> she had to be very clear. Yeah. Um, she is living with her father. Uh, they are, you know, living rough, I, I would say. Um, I'm trying to remember the very first scene because very quickly in the film. So she, oh, she's, it's her, she's it's invited, her sneaking out is basically the first. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. invited to a sleepover party with some friends from school and she's definitely, you know, the way they set it up, she's, she's like a little bit of an outcast, but she's cool. And the she's making friends and she, she's fitting in, even though you're getting signals that maybe there's reasons she, she hasn't fit in or doesn't fit in. And so then she gets invited to this party. She's like, Oh, my father never lets me go. 
So the girl says, don't worry, just sneak out. She does. She sneaks out. She goes to this party. They're having a lovely time. Looks like a great sleepover. Everyone's being nice to each other. They're painting each other's nails. And she is under the table with one of the other girls. They're almost having like a a little love connection moment. And uh, instead, Marin reaches over and bites the other girl's finger off. Just right off. One, one, one snip. And... Um, she then obviously runs away, leaves the home, and she, when she gets back to her house, she's pounding on the door. She wakes up her dad, and they flee like immediately. He says, "Take everything, take what you can in one bag, and like let's get out of here." Um, and that sort of starts this reveal of the fact that Marin is a cannibal. She has what I, I she call, I think they call it the hunger. But, Eaters. They, eaters is like sort of the term that, yeah, become, you know, eventually comes up. Um, but she, she has it. She has this thing. She basically has to consume human flesh. And the father doesn't, but he has tried to kind of keep her safe and, and you know, build a life where they can. Um, and, and so it is gradually revealed. There's been multiple episodes of them having to run away from stuff. Um he then abandons her because now I guess she had turned 18 or she's about to turn 18. But it, long and short is he's just like, I can't do this anymore. And you're now old enough. You've got to survive on your own. He leaves her a tape, which he has recorded extensive. I mean, I don't know. It's like one of these tapes where you flip it over. It's 60 minutes on each side. An extensive sort of personal history for her to try to help her think through her past or remind her of some of the some of the things. Um but she's now on her own, and so she sort of sets out on her own, and she begins pretty quickly to run into other eaters. The first person she meets is is a guy named Sully, played by Mark Rylance. Oh, this gentleman, Cater. Come, come back to. <laughs> he's basically to um, he's like the the pervert character from Family Guy brought to life. That's who mm -hmm. he is. Yeah, I have. There's a lot of complex emotions around him. I was. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He's he's I mean, he's a great actor and he Oh, that, it's an amazing performance. Yeah. 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 He's, it's I don't know what he's doing with that role is. Yeah, it's real dark. Um, <laughs> but eventually. So, you know, they, she has this like sort of uncomfortable thing with him. He's an older man. He's he's sort of showing her the ropes, um, but she gets weirded out appropriately. So and takes off. She eventually then meets Timothy Chalamet. He plays a guy named Lee. And. The rest of the movie is sort of their story of falling in love, trying to reconcile and, and find, figure, you know, sort of establish who they are in the world, both individually and as a couple. Um, and lots of other real gross eating noises are heard mm. uh, throughout the film. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I ate dinner, during, the, I ate dinner during this movie, which was a gambit for sure. No, no, um, not a good idea. There's a lot you, you can get it in there if you're strategic about, you know, there's some stretches where there's no eating, but you, you don't yeah. know that until you've seen it. Fair. Um, all right, Rachel, welcome back to the show. What did you think about this movie? Well, I'll just say up front, I'm a little bit in the bag for Luca. How did you say it? Guada did go. Whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> Changes every time. 
Yes. Well, I mean, what I love about what he does is he makes these incredibly intimate films that also at the same time have this tension of feeling very reserved. You know, you you feel when you're watching them, like your face is pressed up against a window and you're seeing something you're not supposed to see, but you're it's still sort of removed and cold. And there's like a tension in that experience that is kind of uncomfortable and challenging to parse. And so when you walk away from the film, you're still you have no choice but to process and to think about it. Like I've been thinking I watched this the first time last week and I watched it again today and I've just been thinking about it on and off trying to like come to a conclusion about how I felt about it. I think without question in terms of the um, execution of the film it's in, it's beautifully executed with incredible performances it is stunning to look at it's grotesque, it is terrifying in places, um, it is achingly poignant in other places it's this incredibly powerful metaphor about queerness in the 80s and Reagan era America and the AIDS crisis and all kinds of things all wrapped up so um, ultimately I was pretty blown away by this movie um, even though I feel like it definitely hold me, holds me in my heart at a distance I don't know I think it was fascinating fascinating mm. film you <laughs> wanted it to hold you closer but not too close because I don't want it to eat <laughs> eat me <laughs> <laughs> like arms length um, Casey what do you think uh, I really like uh, Rachel's description about how this feels like you're with st- uh, sitting there with your face pressed against the glass watching something you're not supposed to that's a great description of this because that's really how it felt to me I came into this completely blind I knew Timothy Chalamet was in it um other than that, I never saw the trailer. I hadn't really heard what it was about other than I know Schnars was really wanting to see it. So I'd been, you know, keeping eyes out for it and whatnot. And we finally got things lined up. And I took a look at the IMDb uh, uh, plot drop on IMDb. And, you know, it doesn't really prepare you for what's going on here. So as things started unfolding and like the scene that John talked about at the uh, sleepover it was another one that was kind of like with that moment in Speak No Evil, all of a sudden something happens on screen and I'm just like, what the hell just happened? And so now I'll, at that point on, I'm kind of glued to the screen and it really does, the way it unfolds, it's just got, it kind of has its own feel and atmosphere to it. For one, he he builds a beautiful atmosphere with this and Chalamet and i I forget the uh, main actress's name. Sorry. T- Taylor Russell. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I just gave her the character is Marin. Yeah, Taylor Russell. I mean, I think those two were really good together. And there's a lot of quiet moments in this movie where you watch them playing off of each other. And there's a lot of just them acting off of each other, facial expressions and whatnot. And you can see their comfort with each other. And, whatnot, and it really wraps you into that. Uh, stuff. And like Mark Rylance, as we talked about, played Sully. I could listen to him monologue all day long it's gonna be bizarro shit but man that guy when he speaks like that he can't look away it's just kind of hypnotizing and everything so (laughs) i walked away from this movie really surprised and it was not what i expected i didn't know what to expect and it's something different that's a big thing it's something unique to it and it's you could call it a cannibal film and compare it to that and whatnot, but it's doing its own thing and it's taking a different approach to it. And I really like that. Jonathan. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, as Rachel said, I've been thinking about this movie like constantly since we <laughs> since I watched it and, and I was, I was 
sort of making a comment about you watching this more than once. I, partially just because like I, I, it's hard for me to find time to watch one movie sometimes. But I did like I do almost feel like I want want to see it again. There's, I will say I think the trailer sort of does a bit of a disservice because they make it look even more like they they suck all the action out of the movie and put a lot like so that the scene at the sleepover is in the trailer um yeah which i you know it's impossible to test like to explain to someone what this movie's about like if you didn't tell them it was a cannibal movie before they went you know in the trailer i don't know i don't know what I, the trailer would be i about, can give right? you a 100 percent pure reaction to that scene because i had seen nothing about it so no well casey was the same way yeah no yeah. no and so i guess what i'm saying is like i was sort of expecting it to be probably like one click crazier in terms, you know, just it's, it is, it is a slower film in in a lot of ways. It is a love story, right? Like it's a, it's a film, it's a road movie. Um, I, I was trying to think of like other good comps. Um, there's, have you guys ever seen the movie dead man? Um, the Jim Jarmusch movie, it's like sort of like that where it has these set pieces and they're all like these incredible moments. Um, and in between that, it, you know, there's a real movie like, and, and if anything, I think this has more of an arc to it than dead man. It's but you know, it's always, but um, I don't know. Like, so it's, I, I really enjoyed it. It is gorgeous. The acting is amazing. Like it's, it is, it is just like an exceptional film in so many ways. Like I, it, the way I guess, Rachel, you described it as like holding you at a distance like that. It, mm-hmm. you know, there is a part of it that's like, it doesn't fully let you in to you're not, you're not like a part of the cinematic celebration that's going on, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm interested. I mean, well, we can keep talking about it. I, I liked it a lot. There's a lot of great moments. That's what it really came down to for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with everybody. <clears throat> I had a 100% summer child, pure experience going into this. I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that I've seen a trailer, but, you know, I'm I'm addled. I don't really remember things, so that works out in my favor sometimes. Um what was cool about not knowing that beginning scene is like, it's so funny. I almost forgot about it because so much happens in the movie. <clears throat> you forget that it starts out in such an insane way, but it's like, it's kind of this neat little trick because you know, it's the beginning of the film. So you're getting your bearings and you're taking each moment as sort of building up your expectations of what this movie is and where it might be going. And then in less than five minutes, you just get that rug ripped out from under you. If you don't know, you know what I mean? Um, Which feels like mean isn't the right word, but it feels sort of like a shot across the bow a little bit of just kind of letting you know, like this is not, if you don't know where this is going, you you have no idea. Um, I think, uh, Rachel, you said achingly poignant. I think that's probably the thing I take away from it the most. I definitely, you've watched it more. I mean, I, I finished this an hour ago, so you definitely feel oh, like there. Good luck processing this you definitely thing in feel an hour. Like, I mean, you definitely <laughs> feel like there's queer subtext and like surfacing some Reagan speech. Like you definitely feel that. I also felt like that you could read a lot of this as like mental health allegory. Um, 
But really, like, it's it's just such an emotionally strong film. Like the relationship between the two of them, you, I hate to say it, but like it almost earns a two hour and 10 minute runtime. <laughs> like I was kind of pissed when I saw that. I didn't know it was two until right before I started. I'm like, oh, come on, like whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's one of the few things I've seen this year that actually earns it. Like, because every, you know, a lot of it is just spent with them getting to know each other and falling in love and like creating this world together and all, and that's relevant because all of that goes into the emotional punch that you get at the end. You know what I mean? The other thing I love is it is shot in this very naturalistic way. I don't know who I would compare that to, like almost touches of like Terrence Malick when he gets real navel gazy about nature and stuff. Um, but what it does, like it, very, very minimalist in the way that it's lit. So you, the scenes just feel like these small, dusty, small towns feel real. And it feels like you're in them. Like it really has this naturalistic, realistic feeling to it. And that gives the film a lot of atmosphere because like they're, which is an interesting thing because they're not fantastical settings. If you just found yourself in one of these towns, you'd be like, oh, give me the fuck out of this town. But, <laughs> but because, because it's so beautifully shot, but also real, I don't know, just real. They just feel really, well, you can like smell, you can smell the dust and the, the brush yeah. and like that stuff is just probably my favorite part of it. Um, and I lastly, I'll just say like the, the two leads are incredible. Like we know, oh, yeah. we know Timothy Chalamet's name, obviously, even if we don't know how to spell it, that's me. Um, this <laughs> Taylor Russell girl, I think I've seen her in something. I don't know exactly. She's what. in both escape room films. So oh, seen I've her. seen both of those. Right. I, I've seen, I've actually seen both of those. That's really yeah. funny. She's incredible. And the two of them have so much yeah. chemistry that really, even in these parts where you could see somebody feeling like it's a little slow. I've, I just found the both, the two of them very, magnetic um and the the last thing i want to say i guess is randoms random like cameos from um <laughs> david gordon green who like mm, maybe should have been focusing more on halloween ends than trying to act in this movie but like, keep him busy so he'll leave exorcist alone it's fine beat all the cameos <laughs> not great but the john this other guy what's his name the guy from boardwalk empire yeah um schulberg uh Stuhl, Stuhlbarg. Okay. Michael he, Stuhlbarg. He's almost unrecognizable. Like voice, the yeah. look, it's wild. Like if I just, yeah. if I hadn't seen Boardwalk Empire about five times straight through, I might not have even picked it up. He is incredible. He's and incredible like kind of steals the movie in one <laughs> scene in a way that like, you know, there's two characters that they run into that you kind of feel like either one of those, either him and his weird uh uh what's it called in dracula is like familiar familiar yeah. or yeah. or yeah. the or old pedo weirdo weirdo guy like you feel like one of them is coming back and you kind of don't know which i was a little disappointed kind of where it went in the end because like but that's a tension that remains in the film like once you know mm. some of them are kind of capable of tracking like yeah. i was just waiting for the two of them to show back up because they were that scene was terrifying nothing happens it's just a conversation but it's so scary well, yeah, it's there's not even in that specific scene, 
there's not even an explicit threat. It's or just conflict. like, you yeah, it's simmering just under the surface. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would, the thing I was going to say, just on the point you made about, um, the way the settings that are the, sort of the, the way it makes very sort of everyday landscapes look fantastical. Like it's the best of like a travel film in that way. Right. It's like gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and some of them are, I mean, there's, you know, the, the scene when they're, and I think it ends up being the last scene in the, or the last shot in the movie when they're out. I, is it like the Black Hills or something? I don't, I think I don't know that they ever got in, that far west. I think west, that's when they're in Nebraska. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe so it'd be the yeah. plains, yeah. I didn't know there was that many hills in Nebraska, but. So um, I wanted to make a point while you're talking about the uh, towns and stuff and the way they sh- shot them and everything. Just a point of note that. My town in Indiana does not look like that. <laughs> my hometown, maybe, but Casey, not that town. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm canceling my trip. Great. Yeah. That's movie yeah. magic, Casey. <laughs> Thou doth protest. You know, whatever, you know what it reminds me of? This is a random thing that like probably no one will understand, but if you guys have ever seen Place Beyond the Pines, yes, remember that movie? Mm. That was set at this real yeah. shitty place near me. And it makes it look like amazing, but it's not. Yeah, it's not I remember right. you talking about that. But, you know, like that. similar <laughs> similar kind of visual filmmaking there. Anyway, um, yeah, this is this is it. When, when, when imaginary people in my head, John, accuse me of not being able to enjoy a fart house movie, I'll point to this. And I love that that's too spirit. <laughs> That Suspiria movie is firmly in the fart house, and I love that movie too. He oh, just yeah. ha- he has this way of giving you just enough to steal a schnarz phrase genre patina to and like character stuff to like really this is where it's at for me this is the good shit this is where (laughs) the fart house meets real movies that i can watch and like and i think that to me is when it's most powerful when it's not too far up its own butt well eric like most Art house film, what we call art house is like, I don't know, are there even art house theaters anymore? I think they all went out of business. Like, what is colloquially referred to as an art house film? Most of them are not great. Like, they're not just not great directors. Like, Luca, right. it, I mean, he is just, he's at like in the very, very top of the game right now. Yeah. I um, and I mean, I mean, I'm now like looking at his IMDb being like, God, there are a couple movies on here. I got to go back and watch now. Um, by your name. I he just love. tells a great yeah. story. <laughs> One yeah. call me by your name is like on HBO right now. Every time you turn on the app, it's like right at the top. Are they're, they, they're, are they're they, running all the Timothy stuff. Are they genre or not genre? The other, I don't ones. think that one is at all. No, that one's a, like a queer love story. It's like him and army hammer and everybody's making the joke about oh, army boy. hammer, the cannibal. He should have been, been in this one. <laughs> Right. Uh, method acting casting my one question i mean just to put it forward why i mean it's basically a vampire movie right like this we've seen this t- type of story mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like that's the cl- so like the movie that i thought about the most while we were watching this was actually um let the right one in yes mm-hmm. the beginning of it, this i had the exact same thought it's, yeah. you know, it's like a genre film. It's a love story, like encased in a genre film. And yeah. that John, you might say, you might like say, sh- you might say things. shades of oh. interview with a vampire, John. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess the difference is, well, and Eric, you made the point, like how naturalistically this is presented. Like it, they're just, these are just like cannibals living among us. It's yeah. unclear. The film does not make clear sort of like how well known it is that these people exist. Presumably it would be like a thing, right? Like if like bodies were turning up, 
Well, I had to much bodies. Oh, mandicated. well, because it, I mean, right. And almost every town they go in. Did anybody else think that that little girl was one of them? Little girl in the diner Which, who's like staring oh, at her. I yes. thought about it, but maybe that is maybe why she was like, Arr. Yeah, yeah. that's what her. I was thinking. Well, well hmm. they can smell each other, like that's the yeah. thing Eric was saying, and that they can and identify kind of right other, after so. it's kind of right after she learns that too, and then meets Timothy. Timothy, yeah, that's part of the thing. I mean, the director Lico was definitely great. This was written by uh, screenplay. Okay, there's a novel by Camille DeAngelis that this is based off of, and then a screenplay it's by a Jimmy. young adult. Yeah, like a young adult romance. Uh huh. Mm, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, like the writing in this is just um, it's interesting because some they, of the writing is interesting and it helps set the mood and the settings and stuff like that too. Even the writing, there's so much detail to these characters that we get little bits that gives them life. And I, Even, even to the point where, like, they might the description I read talked about Marin taking off and running away and then meeting a drifter and stuff like that. But the way these characters are portrayed, uh, there's a there's a community of people out there. I think they go by travelers. I'm not sure. So I'm not trying to be offensive. I had uh, Colleen's cousin, who's sadly no longer with us, uh, was one of them. But they're the kind of kids that are hopping trains and, you know, exploring all over the country. And this was came across very much like this kid that I knew that was part of that community. It felt that parts of it felt really real. And it just gave that part of the atmosphere to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is about like the fringes of society, right? Specifically around the fringes of society that are driven by forbidden desire. And, and that's why I'm saying like, when we talk about like eighties era queer experience, like that would very much be on the fringe. That would be very much unacceptable. You would have situations where family members reject you, where you have to um, live a different style of life in order to like Mm -hmm. uh, meet those desires. And you would find kind of an underground network of community that may or may not be dangerous, particularly in the 80s around the AIDS crisis. So I think mm-hmm. that it's really, I think what's happened is there is this, you know, beautifully written young adult novel that is being put through the lens of someone like Luca, who is a queer man who lived through that era. And he's exploring those themes through this. And, well, and it's interesting, as you were naming all of these movies that it reminded you of, it was like Dracula, it was uh, an interview with a vampire. There was another, every like single coded, one of them was yeah. also a queer allegory. Yeah. So it is very much like a descendant of those films well, and those themes. It's worth noting too, that like, there is nothing, and I don't know if that happened in the translation or if the book is just that good, but there's nothing in the movie that you watch and go like, this feels like a young adult romance. Like it's, it is, oh, no. it feels so much more like, no, I don't want to like deride all genre of books, but it feels more mature than that and more well-drawn than I would expect, I guess, knowing yeah. that. Well-drawn is a good way to put it. That's one of the things that I loved about this is the world building that's going on throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like John said, it's very much a vampire movie, but they're not vampires and they're their own thing. And they explain, they dole out the explanations of them with a lot of little details that pop up throughout the movie. We get from the tape from the dad. And when they start meeting other people like uh, Dave Gordon Green and the guy from Boardwalk Empire, they meet those. That's just genius. And it keeps you sucked in and they're building their own thing. And they really mm-hmm. built it well with the detail and dude, without doing any info dumps. When that dude no, gets, right. when that dude drunkenly gets out of his chair and starts chasing after the car. Holy shit. That's yeah. so scary. Yes. <laughs> it's so scary. But it's unclear like what he's even <clears throat> doing, right? He, it, I, it's a sad, it's a poignant moment because I don't like, 
I think he just wanted the community that you're talking about. Well, right? and like, he's, he half, yeah, dr- it's, he's half drunk. Yeah. It's not even clear that he like knows what he's doing. Right. It's just like yeah. this. Yeah. And he, he is looking a hot mess. From, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, if you think about what put their forbidden desire pushes that, them to do is to consume others. Right. So yeah. it would make sense that they would feel like an immediate sense of ownership over one another. Mm-hmm. And I think they are sort of like the great white sharks that are moving amongst us quietly. And so mm-hmm. that tension just comes from like two predators being in the same place and not really knowing what the other ones want. And I think this what this does, this especially when we get into Sully, I know we're not in ser- spoiler territory yet. But what I think uh, this that's, movie that's does so well is imbue menace in subtle ways yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah that's a good way to put no, it we, we should talk about because i was that's what i was gonna go to sally next and like do you I mean do you think he we, do you think he had to get into his tidy whities to eat is that necessary <laughs> well so so the what i loved about together. that scene i love that <laughs> yeah dude there's it's, something disgustingly awful about those the are phrase Lucy whities about the phrase sure. <laughs> about the phrase dried <laughs> off together that's pretty yeah, good, more, of lucy, <laughs> more of a lucy more of a yellow i think oh no Use lucy all right Look, if you were eating what he was eating you you know your yeah. underwear might, might be discolored um, but um he he like Ah, it, he, it's it's a, such an interesting character, and Rachel, the the content, you know, the the framing that you're putting on it, I hadn't even gotten all the way there myself, and so it's, but it, you know, he's playing the teacher, he's playing the sort of like older, um, and he the, he's initiating her into this sub community, um, and so well, subs are something different, John. <laughs> So, it, but it totally <laughs> makes sense. And it's, it's where, while he's not, I mean, yes, he's menacing. He's, he's, I mean, they're all awkward, right? Because they are all being forced to live, as you said, this sort of separate or, or lot, they've had to make life choices that, that separate them from society. So it's, it's, it, it isn't, shouldn't be surprising that they are, I don't know, maladjusted or, or to our eyes. Right. But, um, he, I don't know. Like I, I just found him again, like almost sympathetic. Um, even when you knew it was pretty dark, he, it wasn't clear. Like what, I mean, it gets where it goes at the end is obviously like a, you know, a clear dark place. He just, he was also lonely. He was out, you know, he, you know, they, he references his daughter at one point and that's like what turns Marin like that. It's, it turns her, more aggressively against him in some ways because she sort of realizes what's going on or, or has a different realization about this relationship. I don't know. It was. Well, you want to talk about achingly poignant. How about like at the very end when he puts his head on her chest? Yeah. Oh, and just wants to like cuddle. Mm hmm. Oh, his like yeah. entitlement to her body is so upsetting. Yeah. What I think yeah. he was so great about him. And I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, John, what, when you said you felt empathy for him was, and this is something I think is so hard to put to screen, but he did it was show the ways that there is an undercurrent, almost like a subliminal menace and threat to him that she's picking up on, even though we keep getting information that is counter to it. But there's like a gut feeling that you never fully trust Sully. And she says, like, I, I, it's not that I don't like you. I don't trust you. So I'm not getting in the van. And, and I think oftentimes, 
you have to be more overt. You have to get to that place where he's in, at the end to like really come to a conclusion about him. But there's something in Mark Rylance's performance that seeds in, like I said, that subliminal danger message yeah. that is really, really effective, really effective and impressive. And I, well, I, I feel like I, I experience it in life, but rarely see it on screen. Yeah, yeah. he's almost like my fear of like large, especially like ostriches, there's an alien brain behind those eyes and you can't tell what's going on behind there. When you look at Mark Rylance's character. Kinda. He, uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, it's in the way he physically carries himself the way oh, yeah. when they first show him and he's sort of off on this like street corner, it's like a bus stop or something. You know, well, she's waiting for a bus, but he's sort of under another street light. It's, and the way he sort of moves his sauntering walk to him, he's very oddly dressed. Like there's a lot of uh, flair on his yeah. outfit. <laughs> he's very, uh, there's some camp in this. Movie yeah, yeah. Sure. No, no, totally. Um, so, yeah. And, and yeah, I, sorry. I was, I guess where I, what I was trying to touch on is like, he, it's, it is such a fully realized character. Like you, whether or not you empathize with everything he's trying to do, there is a there's a humanity in him, yeah. even in even in, in the darkness, which. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it, think that's I hard agree. to pull. I think I have trouble I empathizing agree. with someone with a hair rope. I yeah. mean, when we get to the hair rope, it gets a little dicey. Too <laughs> dicey. At but, the same so, time, though, he was showing his trust to her. He's like, look at the look at my special hair rope. That was well, like, right. Him him talking to her when he she first went to his house and he is fixing food and whatnot and was going to let her eat. That was interesting. Yeah. And that helped with the sympathy because I don't get the impression that he was lying. But that's that, a thread. that wasn't his. House, that's the thread. No, I know that. But I was, I didn't get the stuff he was telling her. I didn't get the impression he was lying to her. That's a thread tying everyone together is just the loneliness. Like because in having this, you're forced to live on the edges of society. Like yeah. even the two dudes by the fire, right? You're saying like, do we know they were even menacing? We're not sure, but you feel that same underlying menace almost in their like, it's like they're, they're over eager to hang out or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when they just come out of nowhere and they're like, Hey, saw you at the, uh, the gym, whatever the swimming hole. Downwind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, now Rachel, just now Rachel, <laughs> but I say, do not tell me you smelled me if you're trying to make, but listen, Rachel though, isn't that interesting when you think about like, historically how people in gay communities sort of had to live a life in secret, but still be able to kind of find each other. When you think about things like the handkerchief code yeah. or like way, ways that people had of like safely identifying who was like them. That's kind of yeah. interesting actually, like in the context. No, a hundred percent. I think that, yeah, it's like, it is, they essentially smelling is like their gaydar. Right. Right. And yeah. also I think it's interesting that they're finding them each other in these sort of, like rural places in these um, uh, woodsy sort of places, because it kind of goes back to this era of like cruising and things like that. I think there's a lot of, I think it's interesting too, in that the, the, our two main characters, and this is, I guess just a little different that the two main characters are essentially coded as like bisexual because like mm -hmm. they do. So yeah. like, I mean, they have a relationship with each other, but that's yeah. sexual, but all like in the beginning, before she bites that girl's finger off, like you think she's going to kiss her. Like she looks oh, yeah. real, well, real horny. Yeah. And what's interesting yeah. is like the girl seems cool with it. Like she, like, it's very obvious. She's no, like, they were, they were having like a moment. There yeah, was they totally were. Yeah. And then like, you know, later on in the movie, when we're, we get to the carnival scene, like 
he probably didn't have to jerk the guy off before he could have killed him <laughs> like that. That felt like a conscious choice to like, you know, take things that far. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're definitely tying those two desires together, right? I yeah. mean, there's a reason yeah. that Marin and Lee's first kiss happens in a literal slaughterhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There's uh, uh, sort of romantic. So <laughs> I, Rachel, I asked you this because Hot date so, tips, I'm sure. <laughs> I asked you this because I know these two haven't seen it. Have you watched uh, this latest season of American Horror Story? Uh, I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen the whole season. But I mean, you want to talk about eighties AIDS out and like crisis allegory? Well, I mean, what I wanted to say though is there's some similarities when you look at these two, this movie and that. There's some similarities to the themes that are going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, For like sure. with Ryan Murphy, right? He's been yeah. like basically dancing around wanting to talk about the AIDS crisis in American yeah. Horror Story for a while, and this time he's like, "Here we go." <laughs> yeah, but but when you break it down to like the the nitty gritty on both of these shows with the themes and the allegories and whatnot, they're really pretty similar. I would, they're told in very different ways too, though. Mm-hmm. And, it's you not, know, like American not... Horror Story is very New York City oriented where this is kind of showing more of that life around the rest of the country. I, I, hear, yeah. I hear you. Let's not compare Ryan Murphy and Luca Gulagangan. Gu- Gu- no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I not at all doing that comparison. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Although we had had some really great costuming. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, no. It is good. It's well, also, yeah. you know, uh, one thing I'll say that I was thinking about while watching it is we watch a lot of movies. I feel like there's a trend in horror of just being just upsettingly depressing. Like, like a lot of filmmakers want to deal with down and dirty real life trauma grief and that like i get that and there's so much about those emotions that tie directly into the genre it makes a lot of sense but a lot of movies and i'm not even saying this can't is bad or can't happen but a lot of movies are are, have one gear and like wallow in it for the whole thing and those are the movies where we'll get people who will write in and say i'm so glad you guys review this because i i didn't want to watch this i'm never going to watch this movie right after listening (laughs) to us talk about it (laughs) What I love about this film is like it takes you to the heights as well. Like you feel true joy and happiness through these characters in this film in a way that is poignant to anyone's life because it's fleeting. And so mm-hmm. it's giving yeah. you all of it. It's giving you all of life. It's not just like bringing you to the the dank dark corner and showing you some weird shit. It's like the the darkness is sort of earned because they show us the light and so yeah. there's like a a balance to this film that a lot of i hesitate to say these types of genre films because i think this transcends them in a lot of ways but but you could sort of lump it in with some of those more like serious horror things we've been seeing anyway i, I liked that it was sort of giving you a more fuller richer human experience and still taking you down. I mean, by the end of it, you're like, yeah. shit, dude. Um, well, I wanted to bring up uh, what I thought was one of the more powerful scenes in this movie. And we haven't even mentioned this cameo yet. And we haven't talked about this scene. But uh, at one point, uh, Marin finally finds her mother, who is, she's told he's in a state hospital. So we get there and we do find out that her mother's played by uh, Chloe, Chloe Savigny. Is that Savigny, right? Yeah. Savigny. Uh, what? She, uh, it plays her mother. Yeah. And shut 
up. No. Wait, yep. Did you not? Sure. You didn't recognize her? No. No. I mean, yeah. To be fair. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Holy lord! Yeah. That's but that, insane. So, that whole scene that is set up perfectly. That scene is ha- harrowing. We've been waiting for this whole movie so far, and this isn't even like at the like the climax of the movie necessarily either. But we've been waiting for this. They're building tension on the story of her mom. We know she's like her mom. There's tension. They're making us wait as the nurse goes in to tell her mom, and then she has to walk behind down that little hallway and around that corner. And the first thing we see of mom is that her hand is missing. And then as the scene starts going, we notice both hands are missing, and that's when it sinks into you that. This is what happens when they can't, you know, fulfill their hunger. And the way it's shown to you and set up is just like genius because it's just shocking. I was literally like slack jawed for a moment. Do we think she ate her hands because she was hungry or because she wanted to stop herself from hurting people? Yeah, I think she could. That part. I think it was the latter. I I think it was. I mean, that was my read on it. I mean, she because the note she leaves her daughter is basically like, hey, like I self-committed. That is so brutal. And then and, and then my own hands. the reveal of like the end of that letter and then she attacks her is like, oof, like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one bad. of the running themes in this is about parenthood and like also like parent, like uh, parental <coughs> abandonment as the only person on the show that doesn't have kids. I was wondering if you guys were going to be talking about that or touching on that <laughs> or if it spoke to you or one of that stuff. Well, or if you I, were like, what if I my was kid way, was a cannibal? <laughs> I was way too horrified to even think about it from like, yeah, the perspective of being a parent. To be fair, our last episode or the one before was speaking oh, of evil. So we're God, kind of yeah. traumatized from that stuff. Fair, fair, <laughs> yeah. fair, fair. I did no, think it was reason. funny. I thought it was funny in this world where the like just a wild world where people navigate by paper maps. Like it made me laugh because she's like, your mom is in this random town in a, uh, some hospital. And she just runs out of the door. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to need like you to sit down for 45 minutes and give me directions. If you think if I'm going to get there. <laughs> I'm like, don't you want like more information? Enti- the entire runtime of this movie with just the text, like just people living their lives, not a cell phone. <laughs> inside. I know. <laughs> it's pretty wonderful. The, uh, no, but w- with the parent abandonment thing, I mean, you you hit on it earlier, Rachel, when you said, um, you know, it, like uh, to me, that read is as more of a um, commentary on, you know, the way subcultures were treated, right? Like it. I had never even entered my mind. Like it never, I I never even judged the parents because it's just, it did feel like it was of its time. You know, the fact that it's set in its in a specific era was important. I don't know. I mean, it would have been interesting if there was one family where it was accepted or where it was tolerated, like where there well, had been more of a support network. The dad was trying to help her. Like he really did right. well, make well, a I run mean, at listen, it for once a long you, time. If you're really zeroing in on the metaphor, sure, like of course you think about it, but in just if you're just in the context of the movie, like they're cannibals. Like what, what are you going to yeah. do as a parent? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's like, exactly. it's yeah, a yeah. little different than like once you kind of dig into what the meaning might mean behind it. Yeah, suddenly chewing off your own hands makes a little more sense. Right. But yeah. even but that, so, you know, that's the other thing that's interesting is the um, when she meets her grandmother, it's not really her grandmother. That's another pretty loaded scene, and she accuses her of basically of of being complicit in what the mom had done, or like mm-hmm. having known about it and not and hit it basically. 
You, well, you know, I didn't catch the first time, but I caught the second time was a little bit of the mother's backstory that she was also an abandoned child that was found outside of a liquor store. Yeah. You mean so the Chloe Sevigny's mom? Like yeah, the grandma? No, Chloe oh. Sevigny was. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was she, yeah, no, no, okay. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I missed that the first time. I was just like, maybe don't adopt kids from behind the liquor store. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, not all of us can afford your Whole Foods abandoned baby. Some of us need an AMPM baby. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> an ABC liquor baby. <laughs> I need my Pabst Blue Ribbon. Baby. <laughs> um, anything else? Any other scenes? I and mean, we, we covored a lot of it. I, I found you it think hard she to ate believe. Bones and all. Is that is that the takeaway that she consumed? Well, listen, uh, I I had trouble with that because like you can't physically fit a whole person in your stomach. I mean, like not in one go anyway. Um, well, I assume it's like a thing that takes a long time. I also thought that it was, was weird that like they clearly had Ziploc bags. No one, I guess, was ever looking for the cars of these dead people. I know they drove that dude's truck across country. <laughs> now, certainly, computers. Certainly, yeah. 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 No, no computers, but like lines. some of them. But some of them, like they murder a person in like a not very conspicuous place, and then just go hang out in their house, and like no one's looking for. I don't, you know. Yeah, that gave me anxiety. It's a. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not insane, but. You got to suspend a little disbelief, I feel like. I think it also speaks to how well it's done that here are these cannibals we're watching kill people, sometimes people with families, and we're still like worried about what's going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've successfully made cannibals very empathetic. It was funny. Well, 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 Timothy Chalamet mostly only killed douchebags. That was, that was his mark. So he was coded as a hero. (laughs) That's part of the world building that we found out that not all of these people who are eaters approach it the same way they all have even timothy chalamet says something at one point everybody's got the rules it's not one of my rules etc they all got their own rules of what they're doing why they're doing it etc uh sully was saying you never eat a fellow eater etc part of his rules uh but it's just another interesting fact that they're they don't all do it the same way can i ask two sully things because i this i meant to ask it earlier um he is one of his rules that he doesn't actually kill people because they he has this there's this whole bit where he's sitting in this woman's house waiting he, he for her claim, to die, he says basically. that he says that to her he claims that anyway well no he, so, i i took it as she already died and he followed his nose because he smelt the corpse she well i think she, she was, was still dying. alive yeah she was yeah, dying like he smelled that she had like fallen and was dying so but he's he, yeah. waiting but, it out but that's the thing we don't know that he's telling the truth but like he does say that I, I think he kind of backtracks in the final scene right. where she was yeah. like, remember, you said you don't kill anyone. And he's like, I used to try to tell people the truth, but they'd never understand. Right. And it's ambiguous about whether or not he's saying that to her about like killing people or just about himself right. personally. So yeah. I think. Yeah. Did he kill the sister? Yes. yes. That was her hair in the, oh. in the braid. Yeah. I, that like kind of flew by really quickly oh, I did at that not point in the movie, that. and I was just like, "Wow, fuck!" I did yeah, because at one point Timothy Chalamet does say he got Kaylee when yeah. he picked up the hair rope. Yeah, I missed. It's all in of the that. hair rope. It's like the newest part of the hair rope. Yeah. I missed all yeah, of that. So, do you think the hair that's rope when, smelled? Yeah, yes, it definitely smelled. <laughs> yes, like Pantene Pro V. Uh, no. <laughs> It's really funny. I was like, so the one scene I was like so dense watching the carnival scene where he's like coming on to the guy. I like had no, I did not know what was going on until 
the very end of that conversation. Like he's talking to him and I'm like, oh, I guess he's trying to like buy drugs. Remember? Oh, the guy says, <laughs> he, has, say at the hand guy says he has weed. <laughs> guy says he has weed in his car. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> We're cruising over here. Got it. Yeah. <clears throat> that that carnival dude was such a dick to that kid. <laughs> that's, yes. I mean, and the, the, again, that's when Timothy Chalamet is like, well, I guess I can eat him now. If he's going to be a dick to these kids. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that might be flimsy premise for consumption. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> for mandication. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, if he had at least let the guy go like three or four more seconds, he would have died happy. Like, I, that seemed a little cruel to just like pull the rug out right? underneath him there. That's like the worst edging. He's already there. Like, you know, <laughs> two We've more seconds. Two We've more seconds. Seen There's a moment every episode when I'm here where I see the regret that I was invited <laughs> on enter Charles's eyes, and it happens. No, it's perfect because no, I can say some shit like that, and you go along with me instead of having to be judged by Schnars. So it's perfect. <laughs> I'm here for it. Like, you don't you don't have to worry about me. Just I mean, saying. we lost Hellraiser, so maybe he was into it. Yes. I'm just saying. I will always gonna, yes and your. If you're gonna kill him, just proceed. You know, let, let him get there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Would you recommend this movie, Rachel? Hell to the yeah, Gianna. especially. And I think you're a great example of even if people who are not down with the fart house, like this, this is a good one. This is a good like entry point into the fart house. I agree. There you go, uh, John. Yes, Casey. Absolutely. I'm also gonna say yes, and I'm, I have some tough top ten lists to do here on the other side. <sighs> But I'm first, let's, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. The mystery continues. playing at a theater near you. Hi, this is Daniel Robot from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart. Take a look at this. I'll do your list in real time. Let's do it. Are you going to change it for me? Sure, I'll change it. Oh, we're, we're here. Hell yeah. You have this job for life now. I just want you to know. No, no, no. <laughs> I, got, I got the sheet open. I got the sheet open. Okay. My current top 10 is Nope. My dog is coughing. Just saying. Nope. X Barbarian, Mad God, The Spine of Nights, Prey, Orphan First Kill, Fresh, Deadstream. And the menu. Um, I knew the menu wasn't long for this list, so that's the easy boot for me. It's it's really fun, but it's there's a lot of fascinating stuff on this list. 
Um, man. Mm, I think this is number four. Whew, all right. I think we so bump, just bump everything down from Mad God down. Yeah. Okay. I really would have loved. I've been trying to keep Mad God and Spine of Night as high as I can in my list. I think that's about as high as I can go this year. Okay. I mean, unless we real like Orphan First Kill probably shouldn't be in this list, but it's not going anywhere. Is it possible to cheat and call Pearl an X one movie? No, no, no. no. I'm not. Damn I can't it. Call that. No. Damn and it. you got to pick which one's better. You have to like this. Uh, we're force ranking. Everyone has to force rank. So speaking it's a of fair question, it's a legitimate question. Speaking of movies, John top 10 list. This is our last uh, normal episode of the year. We just, so we just got some interesting stats from Spotify. Mm. Um, apparently our Spotify audience growing significantly this year. Um, we're like in something like the top 5% followed shows or something like that on there. Um, and this was super interesting to me. Our 2021 year ender was our most listened to episode last year. It's that's, but that's true every year. Like if you go look, that's fascinating. You, like, yeah. I hate to yeah. like make, I hate to give you a big head, John, but I know, I just want to know who the people are who like, don't listen to the other episodes. And they're like checking in once a year to be like, uh, I guess I got to fucking download this BGH best of the year. <laughs> but like, do we, maybe they're randos? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, it's boosted possible. by randos just looking for recommendations. SEO situation. Fascinating. It's yeah. John, you go. talk to me about your prep for the year ender. Are you on a special diet right now? Workout <laughs> regimen? Like what are we brain teasers in the morning? Dude, Hydration. I, it is pure survival mode around here right now. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this last week. I think like, I don't even know who I don't have Christmas presents for right now. Oh, same. I, Maybe my wife's getting a couple things unclear because uh, we ship everything to my in-laws. So it's all sitting there. I've like bought shit. It's just there. I've got like a handful of knickknacks <laughs> around the apartment that I have to, I guess, wrap tomorrow. I don't know. That so like, like I can't even think past whatever Sunday, I guess, is Christmas. And then like. That sounds like this a Judd why... movie where Snar's not sure what kind of presents he has for his family. He gets there, finds out he's got presents for everybody but his wife, and he has to go get his best friend Eric to go save the day. <laughs> no. no, she would just not be getting it. Jokes on him! I have to do all this shit. My myself love now. isn't enough for you. I got my own. <laughs> I got my own issue. I got my own Christmas present issues going on over here. Um, mm. So yeah, that's next week. Your enter. Very excited. Get ex you sound be good. You sound it excited. Is, it's. I'm I, as I'm filtering through the list as they're coming in. It's a pretty interesting year. A lot of movies this year. Tough. It's like, tough. yeah, it's we'll talk about it. I don't want to. I don't want to do the show now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have. There's why thoughts. not? Let's do it now. We're here. Let's just do it. All right. Number this one. Was, <laughs> this was the year. Like, I probably could have had 20 movies make my top 10. Like, cutting it down was the hard. Yeah, part. for sure. Oh yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No emails this week. Info at Bloody Good Horror. I mean, all that means is Caitlin Kissimmee was busy, I think. Um, <laughs> well, we caught her a day early this week, so we may have threw her off. Before we do emails here, Rachel, um, what do you guys have going on over at Zombie Girls? 
Well, we are just plugging along, getting ready to do our year ender as well. We'll probably do that in January. Um, so you can listen to this one first and then come and c- compare and contrast over at the Zombie Girls. In, do you in do January. a top 10? We do a top 10. Yeah, okay. but we do. And like you guys, we do it cumulatively. And then like Matilda and Ariel and I are like, awesome. We've got a solid top 10. And then Sarah comes in and is like, fuck that curve. And immediately <laughs> that <laughs> we have some randoms at the top. Um, nice. But yeah, so that's something you can look forward to. Uh, we just had our Christmas special, which we did a crossover with our friends over at Trick or Treat Radio that you can go check out and watch. Um, I think it's still up on their live page. And uh, just getting ready to go into the next year. Yeah. Same old, same old. You should come check it out. How excited are you for Megan? Me, Thregan? I don't know what people are calling it. So there is a 0% chance that's not going to be absolute garbage. And I cannot wait to see it. It looks really, (laughs) it looks really fun. I was texting. That dance number? Come on. Well, I was texting Eric and Casey because in the subways in New York, we have these full-size posters that are like digital and they're doing three panel Megan promo with just her dance, you know, doing her little, here's what I will say. Alien dance. Regardless, regardless of the rest of the movie, they nailed the uncanny Valley with that design. Yeah. The design is so good. It's fucking crazy. So that's, (laughs) what is that? January? It's like the first week of the year, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Coming at you. I mean, the sixth, maybe it won Twitter. I will say that like the best thing about the even if the movie w- or sorry, when the movie is terrible, I will always still have the memes. So yeah. <laughs> they, I said when uh, Schneider's texted us about that the other night, I said him the video from their uh, premiere. There was like eight Megan's on stage at the premiere doing the dance. And it was terrifying. Casey, yeah. what do we have on Twitter tonight? We only got one tweet on uh, Twitter this week. Uh, it comes from our longtime friend at Skizbot, and it's a Christmas question. I had an ex who hated that my family took her time opening Christmas presents with everyone taking turns. Then I went to her family's house for Christmas morning. It was madness. Everything opened at once, and it was over in two minutes. I was appalled. Which way is correct? We went, you know, one by one, more or less. Like, I think kids would open presents first and then parents and stuff. And, like, yeah, I, yeah. I think the answer to that depends on how much you enjoy time with your family. <laughs> That's fair. I yeah. look, there is like a respectful amount of like waiting in between each present that I, I think everyone yeah. should observe. For sure. Yeah. Um, but well, like my do, kids, yeah. like, you can't stop little kids from opening presents. No, so it's, little, sort of it's like, hard with little kids. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. have to tackle them, pin them to the ground and be like, your brother's <laughs> opening his present now. And then yeah. and then you tackle the brother and let the sisters open the presents. It's. Yeah, we've always done youngest to oldest. So I love the thing I like even better than getting presents is giving presents. I love watching people open presents. So I am very, <laughs> very team like respectful wait and watch because I want to see their face. I want to see their excitement and I want to judge them when they don't like the gift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't love getting the gifts or giving them at this point anymore. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do like, I'm I like, with, no, like, I'm I, with like you. but it's sort of like the problem with Christmas is at least, you know, it's like there's too many gifts. Like when you give one gift and you're like, I put a lot of thought and energy into this one gift. Here it is. Here it's like, I don't know. You got like 
12 things. Some of them are from Santa. So it's like that, you know, yeah. you get no credit for that. It's uh, the whole thing. <laughs> Delaney gave me my Christmas present early. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I love giving gifts. I treat it like it's a competitive sport. So Christmas is my Super Bowl. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I nice. do that. <laughs> Cool. Speaking, of, I got my stepdad an air fryer that should show up on Thursday. I'm so excited. He's such a weird, grumpy old man, but he loves kitchen gadgets. He's going to freak. <laughs> is there something you guys are really hoping is going to show up this year, like a gift that you really want? Uh, I made a list and I told my wife anything that doesn't get purchased, I'm going to buy for myself at some point. So just. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. No, the gifts that I love the most are the ones that I don't, that I didn't ask for. Right. Like, oh, I, yeah. cause I don't, find, I hate making a list. I don't want to think about it. Like I'm like one of these people, I see something I want. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to buy this, you know, but if I don't see it, I'm not going to buy it. I need a new backpack. Cause my backpack is like 12 years old is falling apart. But that's the thing. Like, I don't want to even think about it. What new backpack I'm going to get. So if someone <laughs> buys me a new backpack, great. Otherwise, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. So, yeah. And that's Christmas magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The spirit. Schnars and I have like <laughs> collectively Schnars and I have like 10 kids under eight or something. Like, you're not going to mm-hmm. find Christmas magic in this thread. Yeah. Dude, fair, I've, got, I've reached the magic uh, uh, stage of parenthood where cash is king. Oh. <laughs> All right. Here's what we got on Twitter. First question. Is this movie just fart house gummo? <laughs> gummo is itself fart house. <laughs> That's true. It's the fartiest of fart house. That's very yeah. true. <laughs> Come yeah. on. I think I think to call this now that yeah, I, I saw I saw the this of the entire question. I saw this earlier. Now having seen this movie, I'm offended by this question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, marrow bones as a main course, yes or no? I've never had them. Tried it. No. I haven't had it, but I've smelled it because there was like this epidemic of every eatery serving marrow for a while. (laughs) I blame keto, and it smells terrible. It's not a. I thought it was like an appetizer or even like an aperitif. Like I didn't think you did it as a main. A main. Spread it on stuff. Maybe that's the main is what it goes on. John, yeah. have okay. you had it? Uh, I think I've tried it, but I don't. What do you think? It's like real salty. Is that my getting that wrong? Like I don't know. I maybe I haven't. I've definitely been at like a table and they bring it out, and I'm like, meh. I don't know. <laughs> meh. Uh, any? We're all going to the World's Fair. Fans excited to see Anna Cobb in this. I mean, I did spot her. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. My response was, I don't know any of those words. <laughs> Now that um, is very fart housey. I'm gonna warn you right now. Is it? <laughs> oh, is, really? Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I read a couple of reviews. That's why I hadn't watched it yet. I got to be in the right mood. <laughs> yeah, I had eyeballed it. I mean, it's it. interesting. It's interesting, but, and it's like partially, slightly based on um, the director's experience. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but it's like it's very, very fart housey. You're not selling me real hard. I mean, John, I think you're you're the top contender for enjoying that film. Okay. I thank you. Um, <laughs> you enjoy a fart house. I do. <laughs> Next up. I sure do. If you were given a blank check and ready to farm land, what would you grow? This is really easy for me. Weed. 
You really got to ask for that? <laughs> Weed and mushrooms. I, so wait, like, but the, like those are heavily regulated. That's the that's never, John. The issue this is there. a fantasy. Will you yes? Will you yes and me? Fuck sake, like Rachel. <laughs> I, so I've been playing Eric. I'm, I'm like Christ. deep on a Stardew run, and so I was trying to so good. You know, I was like, I guess tomatoes. Like here's I, my you beef. Cauliflower is, I think, one of the best. I love Star, Stardew Valley. Is an amazing game. My issue with games like that is I go so deep down the fucking rabbit hole that I'm like min maxing like, okay, in the summer, the blueberries make the most money and they take this. So it's like all blueberry, like as far as the eye can see. Like, (laughs) Um, have you played it in a while? I think I logged in a couple months ago and played a little bit. Yeah, there's been time. He he updates it like every couple of months. He adds stuff to it. Yeah, there's so much content in there now. It's like crazy. I still don't know what's in that stupid sewer. Never got. Oh, there. wow. Never got to sewer. I don't know how to. Oh, well, all right. We can take this offline. <laughs> listen to, listen <laughs> to this guy. Oh, you don't know where this. I, I know. Is. And I've never yeah. fi- be able to, been able to finish the bundles either. Eric, I, you have not played this game. I've played it for like 100 <laughs> hours. Yeah, I did restart. Fair enough. I played it originally on the PC, got pretty far, but never like finished everything. And then I, I restarted it on Switch. And never it's the best it. switch game because you just play it handheld you because this, well the switch allows you to just sleep it and because on pc you have to finish a whole day or you can't like pause yeah it. yeah 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 you guys enjoy this conversation rachel you look tan you know just like farming like, I mean, though I, I love video games that's just not one that I've, i'm playing like you want to talk about god of war or phasmophobia <laughs> we can have a conversation uh, i just I started- say you guys can keep talking i'm playing marvel snap <laughs> I just bust. I just dusted off Fallout Four again. I've been going through that. Ooh, that's cool. a good. Um, I uh, I started playing that for the first time like uh, over the summer. Yeah, my buddy gave me. Yeah, my buddy gave me his PS4. He got a PS5, and he's like, "Hey, you want my PS4?" I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> so and he sent it with, with Fallout Four. I'd never played. Nice. It. It's fucking. It's, it's great, wild. Right? So Fallout yeah. Four is cool because so like any of those games you can mod, but they have like f- official mod support for fallout 4 so even for ps4 you can go on their site and just check a bunch of things and then when you load in your account on ps4 it'll download it all and there's tons of good stuff that's kind of what i'm doing i have like 40 mods installed and replaying it and it's computers in flames <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it runs it pretty i mean it's old at this point so it runs it pretty yeah. although it, well, it was hitching i had an ultra and it was hitching and i couldn't figure out why and then i just realized today that my hard drive is full. So I'm guessing that might have something to do with it. That'll get you. Mm-hmm. Is this the worst movie name that could be confused for a porno? <laughs> oh yeah. You did send this early and I didn't think of any better. <laughs> uh, what's your worst? <laughs> what about watcher? <laughs> oh, all right. I'm just going down the list. I'm like, all right, John, what are the movies that came out this year? I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, scream. Glorious. Glo- well, I mean, it's literally, it doesn't count. It's literally about glory holes. <laughs> yeah. Worst. What's your worst horror or non horror movie of 2022? This is a tough worst. one because <laughs> we used to just see everything in the theater. So there was lots of trash to pick from. We largely, yeah. I feel like curate things for ourselves now that we've heard at least something good about. I know what Eric's is. Cause you have ranted about it on the uh, VHS 99. Oh my God. One of which the I have I've seen, ever seen, but yeah, you're right. Uh, mine, I think is the seller. You guys remember the seller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The seller was pretty bad. 
Yeah. That movie was fucking dumb. In fact, the <laughs> seller was almost like BGH throwback bad. Like that's a thing we would have seen in a theater 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't want to upset Casey, but Studio 666 was also what? not good in my book, but <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't I, expect it that. Either. I didn't expect it to be good so i'm okay with it yeah it pains me to say but they slash them was oh, oh was yeah bad. caitlin said that was terrible bad. too like embarrassingly bad yeah yeah i hadn't seen that one i will say this too this was like co- this chainsaw massacre was pretty shitty too. oh texas chainsaw oh, massacre was, was shitty Totally fine with it. This, I mean, it wasn't good. I have to preface this fine. by saying this movie is not like bad per se, but my most like disappointing movie of 2022 is definitely Scream or Scree 5 mm. if we're going to call mm. it that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I, that's not like my most hated movie of the year, but Scream is probably one of my bigger disappointments. I was, just didn't bummed, do a lot I was bummed because Scream 4 was so good. Did anyone see Beast? Do I need to get Beast in for my end of the year list? Because I was kind of interested in it. Watch, watch Salt Solo instead. <laughs> All right, I will. I'm going, to, I'm going to watch that. Okay, I almost watched this and then saw the runtime. Why are movies becoming longer? Because everyone. Hates I mean, that's us. a valid question. Wanda. I I would argue this one is the the exception that makes the rule, but I agree. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. 80 minutes is a long time. Well, and again, you listen, tell a lot of story I, in 80 minutes. I routinely watch like Martin Scorsese's entire filmography on a loop. So like if you're good, go for it. But like yeah. so many people yeah. are not good and do it. And that's what upsets well, me. I, <laughs> know I was... that you're bad and make 84 minute movies. And then you and I are cool. That's all I ask. Well, I, there was a pod I was listening to, or I was reading maybe somewhere. So there is this issue or, um, I mean, it's like a, this is like one theory of the case, I guess, but people are not going back to the theater or when they are going back to the theater, it is for like event films and people, there is this sense that consumers want a longer movie if they're going to go to the theater because it's like you're only going a couple times and you want to maximize like the value of what you're paying for. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at all those Marvel movies, they're all fucking like two and a half hours long. It's insane. Um, The stuff that does really well at the box office though is longer now than it used to be. The horror movies are the exception. I mean, like you get a barbarian or a smile and it, I mean, even wasn't smile an hour and 50. Didn't we talk about this? Yeah, it was close. Good it was fucking long. God smile. A lot of investment. That might be my worst. That was up there for me. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not, did it's, not like. It's not great. Oh, Rachel, so many rants to be had on smile. <laughs> I just like can't deal. With, it just like makes no goddamn sense, and I can't deal with it. There might be smart things happening in that movie. I it just can't. See oh, it. I don't. I don't know if there's smart. I, there's some fun jump scares <laughs> like that. I yeah. think that's my Texas Chainsaw Massacre where I'm like, yeah, it's not good, but I had fun. Yeah, <laughs> I did like when he Fair murdered enough. all the. I liked when he murdered all the people on that bus. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. Like bus, if we yeah. did like an MTV Movie Awards style year ender, that would be like best massacre, and it would be like, you know, he's killing everybody yeah. else. It's pretty good. I'm gonna be honest with you. Fun. Can we do that next year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you until tonight. I forgot there was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre this year. It was like one of the first things we watched last yeah, year. Yeah, well, it was Street Chainsaw, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I forgot all about it. Yeah. It was like they saw Halloween 
and we're like, oh, we got a lady. We can, we got an old lady. We could do that. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> that was hundred yeah, percent. And that was the, the that was the most thought they put into it. it was just like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rachel! <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> what? I mentioned Halloween kills today. <laughs> oh my god, that movie! You mean the one where Jamie Lee Curtis had a lobotomy? <laughs> I hate that movie so much. It made me like Halloween Ends and Halloween Ends. Yeah, a hundred percent makes Halloween Ends look better in retrospect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that is it. That's why it's not my worst movie. That's the best thing you can say about it. Yeah. Halloween. Why? Wait a minute. Halloween ends like. Is a trash fire of a movie like it's yeah, it's not just too. being disappointing. Yeah. It's an actual awful movie. Yeah. yeah. Shockingly, like. I guess they moved that lobotomy over to the granddaughter. I don't know. I don't know. It's just he char- had a motorcycle. <laughs> right. You're gonna get me going, dude. Just <laughs> characters. Up. I can feel the rage. It's simmering. Just carry like bubbling. random, random Haddonfield lights popping out of bushes at Jamie Lee Curtis and being like, "You know what you did? You seduced <laughs> that boy." Like, what the fuck are Stop you talking about, Eric. lady? <laughs> in our MTV Music Awards, that would have been Best New Orleans Funeral in a Horror Film. <laughs> See, I don't know. I feel like this is a sign. We got to make it happen in 2023. Rachel, I really want you to tell me more about Halloween ends. <laughs> no, come no, on. Don't. We, don't no, don't. we don't have time. For this. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Oh. Send, me, send me an email. Okay. Last question. Would you try hufu? Hufu is tofu supposedly made to taste like humans. Ooh. No, I, I, I no, I. How do you even know? Like, you don't know what a human uh, tastes like. I listen. I googled it. It's a joke. It was a joke thing. All right. But here, a better question. I did see there's um there's vegetarian foie gras foie gras foie gras because oh, wow. I did a story today about cultured meat. These people mm-hmm. growing like meat cells in a lab. Mm-hmm. You the only place you can buy it is in Singapore, but. The FDA just came out and said it was safe to eat, which means probably there's imminent approval coming at some point. Mm-hmm. Would you like, eat? Isn't the problem they can't meat? marble it, so it tastes like shit? Like, well, it's not right. They can't create like right. They can't create. There's different techniques. They can't fully just create a muscle, so it's more like right. muscle fibers, and which mm-hmm. why it just ends up kind of be like what they made. What they made in this demo was meatballs because it's just you know. You yeah, it's it. like a tempa. Is, I don't know. Is that how you say the temp tempa? Tempeh. Tempeh. It's like that kind of consistency is like everything I've ever seen, you know, where there, just, man, I was a vegetarian for a while and I, there's nothing more horrifying looking than tempeh. It's pretty mm-hmm. gross. It's yeah. horrific. looking. <laughs> anyway. Matilda makes it. <laughs> really? With like wheat, vital wheat gluten or whatever. Yeah. Yep. 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 Is she a vegetarian? Like come by and drop me off a, like a, like a chud of it. A chud. <laughs> a, chud. <laughs> a, chud a chud of tempeh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made you a chud oh, of tempeh. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ten but chuds I'm like, worth. I'm down for the cultured meat. Like, I, I want to go, like, yeah, full crime to the future. You know what's like, so, it's so <laughs> funny? Like, boots. so Let's they, along in the story, they said that, like, 57% of people reported being disgusted by it. And I'm, like, really going through it in my head. Like, I love, uh, on paper, I love everything about it. Like, sustainable, humane, like, all this stuff. You know, presuming like there's there's questions, right? Like 
you have to grow the meat, you have to feed the meat basically with a substrate. And so like what's going into that? And then, you know, you want to know like how human bodies are going to react to it, whatever. But like, I, I like the idea, but when I think about eating it, I get involuntarily, I feel ill in like a, an uncanny valley way that I can't control. Like it's not, right. I'm not against the idea. It's like, I want to be into it. But when I think about it, I get sick to my stomach and there's just got to be some kind of weird, I don't know. Like it feels wrong to me and I don't know why. Well, I, I've, watched too much, I've watched too much Eureka to eat any scientist's experimental lab meat. <laughs> you know what I am God, in kind I'm of- I'm ready to be that guinea pig. You like, know what I have eaten? You're gonna, Someone's going to hand you a plate in a slaughterhouse or a lab. Give me, I'm putting, I'm putting on the white coat. Let's do it. I have tried- these granola bar things. Slaughterhouses are for kissing. I have tried these granola bar things that are made with that are made with cricket flour. Oh, which were fine. Like they were. The problem is they were expensive. Like it doesn't make sense. Like other protein is cheaper. Like it. The thing with bugs, it's is supposed to be. You know, but it's they make. My understanding is when you eat crickets, sometimes they'll kick you. Do you know this? I would not do that. I would not do that. Like this is like, powder. because they'll like, they have like spring loaded Ugh. joints. So sometimes if they're cocked, if you bite into them, they'll kick you. No, gross. So this is, <laughs> this is it's just like, it's like core. It's like a, yeah. So these I've were, the these were made flour. with cricket flour. So it's like mm-hmm. dust basically. But I did see like when this was getting big, no kicking. people were like experimenting with it. And this guy was like, tried to make cookies with it. And he's like, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but once you like applied heat to it, it smells like meat, <laughs> like not in a good way. You know what I mean? Because like, sure, you can grind it in a flour, but it's not flour. <laughs> anyway, that's my weird, that's my weird meat discussion for the evening. So there you go. Yeah. Meat cookies. That lab. sounds like a 90s band. Yeah. Meat cookies. Lab meat. Lab meat. Come do a plate near you. We'll have to do a taste test on the show. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, next week, tune in. For apparently the the famous bloody good horror year ender. Um, check us out at Patreon, patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Every year <coughs> we um we tweet out that live stream and Facebook for free. So if you follow us on social, um, Twitter's probably the best place you can watch for free. And if you like what you see, which once you see Schnars, you can't go back. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. So I need that information. All right. That's going to do it for our last regular show of 2022. Rachel, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me back, guys. I really appreciate it. I have so much fun. As long as you keep talking about as long as you keep playing yes and with me, you'll we'll keep having it. (laughs) Done. Done. (laughs) All right. Uh hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.